You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you round the league with a great friend of the program, Russell Baxter from NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, always a pleasure. Happy holidays. You have spent many years working in sports media, so I wanted to start this conversation by gathering your thoughts on the passing of a legendary broadcaster, Dick Emberg, who called so many iconic NFL games. Yeah, and, and, and you will recall, Brian, uh, also had some enormous shoes to fill. Uh, I, I grew up, and, and to this day, still my, besides you, um, my my favorite NFL announcer was Kurt Gowdy, who did so many big games for NBC, both baseball and football. Um, and uh, I believe his last telecast uh, was, was a Super Bowl, and Dick Enberg, in essence, was going to replace him, then teamed with Merlin Olson. You've got Cordell here, so Cordell knows where I'm going uh, I can remember a Steelers-Bengals game in which Cordell caught a 70-yard touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, and it was uh, Dick Enberg, Paul McGuire, and Phil Simms in the booth, and the three of them always had so much fun together. Uh, so it kind of reminds me. But what, what iconic, uh, you know, from what I understand, a, a great gentleman, someone who loved what he do, did, uh, did a lot of work, obviously, uh, outside NBC, CBS, uh, ESPN, uh, true broadcasting treasure. A voice that for sure was was heard and will forever be remembered uh, based on the sounds and the things he said in certain moments and big moments in games, especially that one that you talked about, which was a 70-yard touchdown I got against the Cincinnati Bengals. But speaking of of big and, and, and being heard throughout the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the postseason best defense in the National Football League. And Blake Bortles, Russell, has not thrown an interception in the last three games, put up seven touchdowns. Give me your take on this team being the one to make the most noise in the postseason uh, one growing with confidence and you know it, a lot of people have gotten so focused on the the Patriots and the Steelers in the AFC uh, you know I was talking with several people this week and uh, what a physical game that was between Pittsburgh and New England and how physical I thought Pittsburgh was against New England and then I turn around and I see how Jacksonville's been all year and you know I, I'll draw a correlation here from what has happened with the Jaguars, who have gone from a three-win team to a 10-win team, which it's still two weeks to go. Uh, you guys will recall in 2008 when the Miami Dolphins were coming off a 1-15 season. Uh, they hired Tony Sperano to be their new head coach, uh, but the person they brought in was Bill Parcells to run the front office. Um, in Jacksonville last year, uh, you know, we, we saw the end of Gus Bradley and Doug Marone became the interim, and then they brought him aboard. Um, but they also brought back Tom Coughlin as vice president of football operations this time in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I see this team, um, the Jaguars, with Marone and Coughlin as the 2017 version of Sperano and Parcells. Love the historical perspective always offered by our friend Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, I'm based in Southern California where Ram fever is palpable. They destroyed the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday. Todd Gurley, I think, belongs in the extended MVP conversation. If they beat the Titans, they're clinching the division. What do you think the playoff outlook for the Rams is when they get into the postseason? Well, they're they're incredibly balanced. Uh, you know, we, we've seen very few teams – uh, this year, um, be able to obviously put up the points that they do. Their defense at times has been a little vulnerable. 
Um, but they have the firepower to win those low-scoring games and high-scoring games. And that you look around the, the league at the top teams, in fact, the teams that are already in the playoffs, they can do so many different things. And Philadelphia's a great example. Last week, down 20-7 to with a backup quarterback, they come back and rally behind Nick Foles. But how did they really rally, Brian? They blocked the PAT, they blocked the punt, and they blocked the field goal. Um, you know, we saw the Rams this year play at Jacksonville in which – their offense wasn't great, but they got great contribution from their special teams. Again, you know, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Rams, and the Eagles, all doing it various different ways. It's just remarkable the offensive turnaround for the Rams uh, with Sean McVay, with, with uh, Jared Goff, and, of course, Todd Gurley, um, who, you know, runner, receiver, take your pick. You know, he's, he's their latest version of Marshall Falk, I guess. Russell, how big of an impact will Ezekiel Elliott be, um, being that he's been suspended for six games in these next two games that he have left to try to figure out if they can get into the postseason? I think I'll be curious to see. This is strange, Cordell. Um, when Last year, uh, watching Ezekiel Elliott, especially in the fourth quarter, was huge because he was the guy who helped control the clock and wear things down. I'll be watching him in the fourth quarter tomorrow for a different reason. Is he, you know, ready for these last two games? Like you said, he's missed six games. Um, you know, so I'll be curious to see. I, some people, I guess, will say fresh legs. But even though the Seahawks aren't the Legion of Boom as we know them, they're still a pretty physical football team. So I'll be curious how this, how this goes. It's, it's, you know, we have two teams, Dallas and Seattle, that won divisions last year. You know, Seattle's lost more games than they did last year. Dallas has lost twice as many games as they did last year. Obviously a battle for survival um, between these two teams. But that's why I'll be looking for Ezekiel Elliott. How is he in the fourth quarter? Is he the guy who can close the door, um, or is he not ready to do that quite yet? Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Russ, I've had doubts about Case Keenum, and I've been wrong just about every step of the way, other than the game on the road in our nation's capital. And a couple weeks ago, when he had the three costly turnovers and lost to Carolina, but given how much talent the Vikings have on both sides of the football, how good does Keenum truly need to be in the postseason? No, he's been a perfect complimentary piece. for. I'll tell you the thing that's impressed me the most about the Vikings. Last year... Um, they, as a team, Brian, they ran for 1,205 yards, uh, which was topped by seven individual players. Uh, and wait, listen, Adrian Peterson was hurt, um, other reasons as well. That was a big reason they went from 5-0 and to 8-8 and eight real, real quickly. This year, they start out with Dalvin Cook, um, who looked like a er- very, very, very early rookie of the year candidate. He goes down. But because of the work they put in the offensive line, credit Rick Spielman, uh, you know, basically redoing the entire unit, Jarek McKinnon, um, incumbent, they brought in Latavius Murray. Their ability to run the football is a big reason they're able to do the things they can do throwing the football as well. And that's not a knock on Case Keenum. Um, Balance is essential and keeping that defense off the field. So he's done an excellent job and, and, Listen, you even go back to the, 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 the games they lost, there was always some sort of mitigating circumstances to it. Uh, but, you know, when they lost to Carolina, it's funny, they lost to Carolina a few weeks ago, Brian. I was in, as impressed with them in a losing effort 
than I have been in some of the some of their other efforts and so on. That's a tough road game against a good defense, and they managed to put up 24 points on the board. Speaking of impressed, Jimmy Garoppolo leaves New England to go to San Francisco, and ever since he stepped on the football field, the team's been winning. What's your take? Um, I think he's done a terrific job, but guess who else has stepped on the football field in those three games, Cordell? That would be that? Robbie Gold. Um, and I know and that's not the knock Jimmy Garoppolo. He's put up terrific numbers. They've won three games in a row. Their offense has scored three touchdowns in those three games, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Gold has kicked 15 field goals the last three weeks. Okay, so and if he gets a cramp, they're in trouble. <laughs> Ross reminding I mean, us that kickers it, are people, to Chicago, too. Gold was five for five. I remember that. They went I remember for Houston. That. Yep. He was they for four last week. They got a touchdown, and Robbie Gold kicked six field goals. So five right. four six. I don't know what the area code for that is, but <laughs> um, what Jimmy Garoppolo has come in and done and been extremely accurate. So you're not seeing the dropped passes. You're not, I mean, he's thrown a couple of picks over this week. But how's this for his his completion percentage in just a brief time this year is just under sixty nine percent. Or us, just to prove we're comprehensive, and I'm going to validate your view that kickers are important, what do you make of the tough news for the Rams? Greg Zerline's so good, he's got his own moniker, Legatron. He's done for the year on IR, and now they're going to have a kicker coming out of Penn State who's never tried a game in a regular season NFL contest. It's huge. It really is, because for a while there, um, the biggest news, and I'm not exaggerating, Brian, because you, you know this team, the biggest news for this team, you know, within the last couple of years, other than last year, was their punter and their kicker. Yeah. Arguably, their two best players for a while. I mean, right. now they have Aaron Donald. Now they have Todd Gurley. Okay, but you remember all the remember all the trick plays they pulled with the punter. Remember Greg Zerline launching from it, it. It is a big loss for them because it doesn't give them a luxury of a drive stalling, being able to kick a fifty-five or a fifty-eight yard field goal. Wow. Kansas City Chiefs, give me your take on them. Do they find their way to make it work again like it once did? Uh, Tariq Hill has gotten involved. Kareem Hunt has gotten involved. Alex Smith looked like he's a little bit more revived. Is that the word you want to use? Uh, but to give me your take on them. Are they going to be like a, a one-and-done type team when they get to the postseason? Well, I don't know about that. But, but, see, my biggest problem with the Kansas City Chiefs this year has been less about offense and more about their defense. I'm going to give you a number that may blow you away a little. Um, last, if you go back to 2015, they had 29 takeaways. Last year, they had 33 takeaways. They led the NFL. Guys, this year they have 21 takeaways in 14 games. That's not a bad total. Cordell, they have 19 takeaways and eight wins. They have two takeaways in their six losses. Wow, there it is. Numbers never lie. So Russell Baxter. If that, in other words, and then you look at their defensive ranks. We're all, which is all bottom five of the league in terms of yards given up. If they're not able to take away the football, they're in trouble. Last week they picked off Phil Rivers three times. They got a, and they, they had four takeaways last week. Uh, I remember when they beat Denver on a Monday night, they had five. But if they don't take away the football, they're in a lot of trouble. 
No question, Rivers was very generous last week at Arrowhead. Going to try to rectify that when the Chargers head to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets on Sunday. Taking around the league with our pal Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, last one for me. If you had an MVP ballot, how would you fill it out? Looks like Tom Brady's going to win the award in part because of injuries for other contenders like Carson Wentz. But give me Casey Kasem style. We'll keep our feet on the ground. We'll be reaching for those stars. 3-2-1 on your ballot. I think 3-2-1 on my ballot would be uh, Carson Wentz at 3, Todd Gurley at 2, and Tom Brady at 1. I still think Carson Wentz deserves major consideration. I know he's out for the year, but I can't deny what he's done. Todd Gurley has been the balance machine. And Tom Brady, who who has struggled a little the last couple of weeks in terms of touchdown to interception, um, but he just makes too many, many key plays. So... Um, the law firm of, of Wentz, Gurley, and Brady. What about and Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Russ? Well, you yes. got to consider Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's been the leading rusher for this team. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly why they're 8-6 and six right now. Too okay, but they're going to well, beat Arizona presumably at a minimum. They'll have a winning record of 9-7, and seven, and he's carried this football team. He's been a solo artist. Well, uh, he has been a solo artist, Okay. But I, I think that's why they're in the hole that they are. There's no supporting cast. Okay, so you know, to me, there's a difference between offensive player of the year and most valuable player. Okay, I mean, it, it, it almost goes back to the argument of could Aaron Rodgers be the MVP because he hasn't played, and you look at a team without him. If without Russell Wilson, my goodness, I mean, they're a team that's in a, in a lot of trouble. And here's the other thing to consider this year with the Seahawks, much, much like the Chiefs. Within the division, Seattle is 4-1. and one. Outside the division, they're 4-5 and five and have really gotten it handed to them a couple of times. I know the Rams' loss was in the division. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve MVP candidates, but you have to ask me for top three. Um, you know, this would be, have to be like, a, uh, like the flip side of the 45, maybe f- fifth or sixth. All right, Russell, you just killed the show. This is a tech company. We are streaming around the world. Our young, hip demo does not know what you're talking about. Sadly, I do because I'm older than I sound. Yeah, but if you, how could I kill the show? You're the one who brought up Casey Kasem. <laughs> I did it just for you. This is the dance like Fred and Ginger. Russ, great information as always. Happy holidays. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. And, and thank you for not singing, guys. Happy holidays. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.